This is a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. Hello and welcome to the Fun Kids Book Club podcast. Oh my goodness, I've got an amazing author for you today. It's Derek Landy, the author of the Skullduggery Pleasant series. And here's what happened when I got to catch up with him. So I am joined down the line by the author, Derek Landy. Hi, Derek. Thanks for joining us. No problem. Hello there. I am very excited for you because you've got the 13th book in your Skullduggery Pleasant series coming out. Um, You just seem to be incredibly busy. Just these books come out at a rate of knots. Yes. Yes, they do. Um, They've been coming out um, pretty much once a year since 2007. Um, Then we had two a year in 2009. And then I took two years off, um, and now I'm back at um, a skullduggery book a year. It's been, um, yes, it's been hectic. <laughs> but clearly, uh, I mean, your fans are absolutely delighted because this is the 13th book in the series. Uh, the newest one is called Seasons of War. So I was going to ask you about this. I was wondering whether you had like loads and loads of notebooks that you had written in notes for every different book. Do you have posters in your house? Do you stick little uh, post-it notes around your office? How does it work? How do you remember everything and keep on top? Um, you pretty much uh, post-it notes are everywhere. Um I try to be organized, but I completely fail. Um, so I, I don't keep notebooks. I keep documents on my computer. And I have a document called Skullduggery Plot, which is the entire plot lines to every book and the overall stories and all of that. But then I have another five Skullduggery Plots that I... Um, put uh, different things into it's it's not easy uh, uh, writing a a long series when you are as disorganized as I am (laughs) but somehow I manage it yeah I mean you've definitely found your fandom haven't they and and they're going to be thrilled with this book Uh, can you tell us a bit about it because you've got Valkyrie and Skullduggery on a kind of secret mission is that right yes yes I mean like obviously for people who um, haven't read any of the books and none of this will make the slightest a, a bit of sense. <laughs> but Skullduggery and Valkyrie, um, embar- essentially, they there is a threat from an alternate ed, ed dimension that we visited in book seven. And the threat is still there. So to kind of take care of it... Um, they uh, form a small team and off they go on this secret mission to uh, uh, get the bad guys before the bad guys can get them. And obviously it all goes horribly wrong. Um, and they're trapped in this alternate uh, world for the for almost a year. Um and usually in my books, they the story takes place over a few days. Uh, usually it's three days. One book, I think, took place over two weeks. Um, with this one, I wanted to do something completely different, and, and I wanted an entire year to pass. Um, so it, it's it's um, it's a very it's it's a different approach to writing. And um, uh, I really got the chance to 
actually develop um, uh, uh, the main characters into way because obviously I do horrible things to everyone at all, at every opportunity, and I just wanted to take the time to see how all of these horrible uh, things I do um, impact them. And uh, and in this book, I get uh, to do it over the course of an entire year. It's so much fun. Will you miss the characters when, when the series does eventually end at some point? Will you have to, but will you be sad to say goodbye to these people who've been in your life for such a long time? Th- that's exactly it. Uh, that is exactly how I view them. Uh, they are people who've been in my life for such a long time i at this point you know you stop viewing them as characters and you stop viewing them as as names on a page because they have lived inside Mm. um my head for uh i wrote the first book in 2005 so they've been around for 15 years and in two books time so I've got two books as as a left to right, and I don't know what it's going to be like when I finally uh, write at the end at um, in the last book. It's it's going to be it's going to be bit very strange. Um, obviously, I've got so many ideas for um, other stories, for other books, for whatever and you know there's a part of me that can't a way to get to all of these other uh, possibilities but but every year when i sit down to write the skullduggery books it is like a meeting up with old friends and so i'm going to miss that yeah, I can imagine it's like a reunion with your pals that you, you get to catch yeah. up with. For every author who comes on to Fun Kids, we have a little quick fire round of questions. Uh, is it possible to do that with you now? Excellent. No pressure, obviously. Just to get a feel for you as an author. <laughs> okay. So first question is books or Kindles? Oh, books. Uh, heroes or villains? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> uh, as I've gotten older, I've gone from heroes to villains uh, back to heroes again. I think I had a phase where I I preferred villains, uh, but I think I've returned to the 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 wholesome nature of heroes. Yeah, that's what writing all those books will do for you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, film adaptation or TV adaptation? Oh my god! Oh, this is this is unexpectedly tricky. Um, uh, okay, if 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 we could have for every episode of a TV adaptation to have the same budget as a movie adaptation, uh, yes, I would go F for TV. Oh, that's the most well-considered answer we've had yet for that. <laughs> kind of that. Uh, writing or reading? Oh, my God. Uh, uh, reading. I mean, uh, writing is what I adore, um, but the only... The only way I can write is is by reading, and and yeah, yeah, yeah. I could not I give up reading. Again, everyone finds that very tricky. You'd be surprised. Yeah. Uh, next up, his dark materials or Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, Buffy. 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 I mean, his his dark materials absolutely wonderful, but Buffy has um, 
has instructed as much as anything else how I approach stories, how I approach characters. You know, like along the way in my life, I can point to Spider-Man and Indiana Jones to tell me how to write heroes. But Buffy made me see that you can you can do important st- stories while still um, having fun um, with a load of vampires and monsters. <laughs> uh, Hogwarts or Narnia? Hogwarts, uh, yes, yeah. I mean, I I don't I I, I think I read the first. I, I think I read the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and I saw. Was it a cartoon adaptation when I was a kid um, that stayed with me? Uh, But Hogwarts has um, has changed the face of of publishing, and it's because of Harry Potter that Skullduggery even exists. Um, So yes, yes, I will always be loyal to Hogwarts. Uh, Laptop or write by hand? Uh, Lap. Well, Mac, really, yes. Um, I have to type because my handwriting is so abysmal that um, I I wrote my very first script uh, by hand. And when I was uh, typing it up, I couldn't read half of what I had written. (laughs) So, yeah, I learned early on that I have to do it um, uh, by keyboard have to embrace that technology that's definitely <laughs> uh do you write nine to five or do you write when you fancy i don't write when i fancy because that way nothing will ever get done if you're a writer it is a job and especially when you're a published uh, writer that means you have contracts and that means you have deadlines and you have readers who expect the book and booksellers and bookshops who are waiting for your book to arrive. So you can't be as casual mm-hmm. as whenever the mood strikes me. David Tennant or Matt Smith? Oh my God! I've always said if if I could if I could work with any of the doctors, it would either it, it would be either of those two because oh, those good. two are. They speak to me as a writer. Um, right. It's my kind of humor. It's my kind of personality. Oh my god! I, 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 <laughs> I uh, to be honest, I can't answer that. I can't even go by hair either because uh, both of them have amazing hair. So you know, <laughs> you know what? So I, I found out that you'd written a story for the Tenth Doctor, which is which is David Tennant. And um, I was trying to figure out which doctor to pit him against. And uh, it took me a little bit of research, but I'm glad I picked Matt Smith. That's good. I'm glad I stumped you on that one. <laughs> uh, so I've got two more. These are the big ones. Uh, first up, Paddington Bear or Winnie the Pooh? If this was a few years ago, I'd have said Winnie the Pooh because old cartoons, I absolutely adored them as a kid. And they seemed to be always on and they were so sweet and so warm. But... Mm-hmm. Paddington, because of the two movies that were really well made, I don't know. I I don't know, but I would love to see them in a death match. I think that would be the cuddliest death match ever. (laughs) The most wholesome but destroying death match. (laughs) And uh, finally, salt and vinegar or cheese and onion? Cheese and onion. 
Um, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get that it's the worst smelling of the crisps. Yep. You know what? I was with you until that question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll let you off. I'll give you that one. And uh, thank you so much for chatting to no us problem. as well. Uh, uh, this has been a really fun so when every author comes to Fun Kids, we ask them a little question that you can only hear the answer to on the Fun Kids Book Club podcast, and that is, what book influenced them the most when they were a kid? Um, I believe it's the Three Investigators series, which I had never heard of. Very few people have, and I've always been astonished. Um, yeah, the Three Investigators, they, they, like there were dozens of these books, uh, maybe maybe close to a hundred. Um, wow. and they, they, they were, it, they were originally, it was associated with, um, Alfred Hitchcock. So that would have been the sixties. Um, so the 1960s is when these books started, I think. Um, you know, they were small books, but they're all about th- uh, three American teenagers, um, who uh, solved crimes, who had a base under, Anita a, um, a junkyard and um, there were just there were loads of these books and the first one I got was I think the secret of skeleton island um, and I remember the 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 front cover and I got it in mm-hmm. like um, a yard sale or a church um, a parish a sale a jumble sale and uh, it, yeah, I I was just absolutely, I absolutely adored them. And I think, you know, that's like a mystery uh, series. And I think uh, that's why uh, S. Skullduggery is a detective. Um, because of I was going to ask the three investigators. You. I was thinking about how because I did research the the, the series, uh, the three investigators, and it seemed like that must have influenced your writing. If you read it when you're younger, uh, that kind of sticks with you a little bit. And the detective thing, the mystery thing, the skeleton thing—surely that affected you. As yes, well. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, the, it's it's the three investigators. I I remember a book called Encyclopedia Brown where. Basically, it was a load of sh- of short mysteries, and uh, with the endings uh, at the back of the book. So right. you, you had to solve them yourself and then check if you got it right. Um, but when I was a kid, all we had were uh, mystery books, um, and so when I was like ten or eleven, I went. To straight on to uh, Stephen King and, you know, all of mm. the adult horror. Uh, we didn't have the range that uh, readers have now, which I would have absolutely adored. Um, but I may do. <laughs> well, that is uh, a good series for our listeners to look out for. So thank you for telling us about that. And uh, thank you so much for chatting to no us problem. as well. And uh, well, hopefully uh, we'll um, hear from you for the next two books as well, whenever they are out as well. Yes, indeed. Still to come, a little bit more from Derek Landy, including a reading from the original Skullduggery Pleasant book. All right, and if you want to hear a little bit of the Skullduggery Pleasant series, well, we've got a bit of the audiobook for you right now.
Pleasant by Derek Landy. Read by Rupert Degas. Chapter 1 Stephanie Gordon Edgeley's sudden death came as a shock to everyone, not least himself. One moment he was in his study, seven words into the twenty-fifth sentence of the final chapter of his new book, and the darkness reigned upon them, and the next he was dead. A tragic loss, his mind echoed numbly as he slipped away. The funeral was attended by family and acquaintances, but not many friends. Gordon hadn't been a well-liked figure in the publishing world, for although the books he wrote, tales of horror and magic and wonder, regularly reared their heads in the bestseller lists, he had the disquieting habit of insulting people without realizing it, then laughing at their shock. It was at Gordon's funeral, however, that Stephanie Edgley first caught sight of the gentleman in the tan overcoat. He was standing under the shade of a large tree, away from the crowd, the coat buttoned up all the way despite the warmth of the afternoon. A scarf was wrapped around the lower half of his face, and even from her position on the far side of the grave, Stephanie could make out the wild and frizzy hair that escaped from the wide-brimmed hat he wore low over his gigantic sunglasses. She watched him, intrigued by his appearance. And then... Like he knew he was being observed, he turned and walked back through the rows of headstones and disappeared from sight. After the service, Stephanie and her parents travelled back to her dead uncle's house, over a humped-backed bridge and along a narrow road that carved its way through thick woodland. The gates were heavy and grand and stood open, welcoming them into the estate. The grounds were vast and the old house itself was ridiculously big. There was an extra door in the living room, a door disguised as a bookcase, and when she was younger, Stephanie liked to think that no one else knew about this door, not even Gordon himself. It was a secret passageway, like in the stories she'd read, and she'd make up adventures about haunted houses and smuggled treasure. This secret passageway would always be her escape route, and the imaginary villains in these adventures would be dumbfounded by her sudden and mysterious disappearance. But now this door, this secret passageway, stood open, and there was a steady stream of people through it, and she was saddened that this little piece of magic had been taken from her. Tea was served, and drinks were poured, and little sandwiches were passed around on silver trays, and Stephanie watched the mourners casually appraise their surroundings. The major topic of hushed conversation was the will. Gordon wasn't a man who inspired or even demonstrated any great affection, so no one could predict who would inherit his substantial fortune. Stephanie could see the greed seep into the watery eyes of her father's other brother, a horrible little man called Fergus, as he nodded sadly and spoke somberly and pocketed the silverware when he thought no one was looking. Fergus's wife was a thoroughly dislikable, sharp-featured woman named Beryl. She drifted through the crowd, deep in unconvincing grief, prying for gossip and digging for scandal. Her daughters did their best to ignore Stephanie. Carol and Crystal were twins, fifteen years old, and as sour and vindictive as their parents. 
whereas Stephanie was dark-haired, tall, slim, and strong, they were bottle-blonde, stumpy, and dressed in clothes that made them bulge in all the wrong places. Apart from their brown eyes, no one would guess that the twins were related to her. She liked that. It was the only thing about them she liked. She left them to their petty glares and snide whispers and went for a walk. Lovely stuff. Thank you so much to Derek Landy. He was an amazing guest for the book club. And if you are loving these book club episodes, remember to rate, review and subscribe wherever it is you get your podcasts. So that was a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com.